Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. On the Kapow Radio Show. Kapow Radio Show. Well, where'd that come from? That came from the Kapow Radio Show. <laughs> Alrighty then. What's the date, little one? Today is August 7th, 2017. Yay. We're going to talk about Ecclesiastes. We're going to talk about Ecclesiastes and the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom of God, the totality of it all. What we're going to see eventually, this is going to be part one in who knows how many series until we get done with the book. Okay. I think there's 12 chapters. Yep. You're right. And we're going to try to get through one and two today. But what I want to let you know is that Ecclesiastes from chapters one through six, it's a horizontal view. Okay. Mm. Solomon is writing through the wisdom of God, although he's experimenting with the things of the world to try to find peace and satisfaction in human living. Mm -hmm. But he's still operating. He still has that wisdom. God's gifts are irrevocable. He still has that wisdom where he can see through it. And eventually, when we get to chapters 7 through 12, you'll see that he changes his focus into vertical living, vertical living. He starts off horizontal, and then he goes vertical. And this is uh, really some basic stuff, but it's good to go back and refresh ourselves Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to get frustrated with what's going on in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself, why is this so useless? Why is this so empty, Ms. Kapow? You know, mm-hmm. like how many people still work and you feel like you're in a hamster wheel and you're just like spinning around in this wheel like a little hamster? Mm-hmm. Well, that's how it kind of read when I read um, Ecclesiastes, the first chapter. Yeah. It was like, that's what I saw was just that m- mundane Day after day, same thing, you know? And mm-hmm. I just saw a hamster just blah, 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 running around that little circle, yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah, not not reaching any goal, Mm-mm. not just go spinning around. I used to feel that way when I used to work. I did. I felt like a hamster in a cage, just spinning around, doing the same thing, accomplishing nothing. And uh, what Solomon calls this is he calls it Vanity, emptiness, vanity of vanities, all is empty. So we're going to go to Ecclesiastes, and we're going to start with chapter 1. And, you know, it opens up with the words of the preacher. So let's not, let's not think that's a preacher like today, like somebody standing behind a pulpit of a church preaching the uh, it's translated preacher, but it's a convener of assemblies is what it is. It's a public speaker. So for the purpose, he's a convener of assemblies, and the Hebrew word is koalith, mm-hmm. koalith, or koalith, and it's kind of a symbolical name for Solomon, koalith, or the preacher. Koalith says, and he's speaking through and identified with heavenly wisdom. And of course, Solomon was the king of Jerusalem and he was like the wisest man to ever live. And up to Jesus Christ, which Jesus Christ was God made flesh, he was the wisest, he had the most wisdom that God ever you know, gave him. And we read in first Kings chapters one through 11, where he went apostate, he backslid Mm. and he did things that he wasn't supposed to do, you know, as far as like gaining all these wives. I mean, he had like a thousand concubines and Mm. women and the, the women in his life, the, the, the women that he married and stuff led him astray into idolatry. And so he experienced all kinds of things. And so later on in his life, they believe, he wrote this book, Ecclesiastes, to, to lay out what he experienced and to show you the emptiness of it. And for us, 
it's not something that we go out and do and go, hey, you know what? I got the wisdom of the Lord. I'm saved. I'm going to go out and, you know, live like hell, live like the devil, and, and experiment and see. Because, we <laughs> number one, we don't have that wisdom that Solomon had. Number two, there's a reason why he went through these things, and he already wrote it down. Mm -hmm. So it's already written down for our benefit. So we don't need to try to reinvent the wheel. If we go out and try to do these things, we're going to crash and burn. <laughs> Mm -hmm. All right. All right, Ms. Capel. All right, too. Okay, so you know what? And what what we have today, which is nice, is we actually have I know this is gonna blow your mind. We actually have Coalith in the studio with us. No kidding. And he's gonna talk about this book that he wrote. And um we're not gonna be able to ask him a whole bunch of questions because he's kind of grumpy. <laughs> uh, especially in these first two couple of chapters. But he's going to Read to us from his book that he wrote. Excellent. All right? Excellent. You have anything to add before we get started? Oh, no. I want to hear. I want to okay. Hear. Okay. Let's uh, bring in Koalith. The mic's on him, and he's going to open it up for us. The Book of Ecclesiastes, Chapter 1. The Words of the Preacher, the Son of David, King in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? And that's how he opens up. Vanity of vanities. So the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. All right? Mm -hmm. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, the convener of assemblies. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun? And here's the question. What profit is there? Right? You know, um, Proverbs 10.2 says, Treasures of the wickedness profit nothing. And Proverbs 11.4 says, Riches profit none, profit not in the day of wrath. And even Jesus asked, What profit the man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Yes. And in this world that we live in, this phony, fake, Luciferian, satanic, made-up society, that's what it's all about. It's about profit and loss. Mm -hmm. Right? What can you gain? It's like uh, Janet Jackson in the 80s when she's saying... What have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. Right? You know, in the, in second, in the um, second verse where it says vanity of vanities, mm -hmm. I looked, looked up the word vanity, and it means emptiness or to lead astray. Yes. So you could actually say emptiness of emptiness. Mm -hmm. All is emptiness. And that, the way he writes that, vanity of vanities, all is vanity... It's a Hebraism. It's for the most utter vanity. Um, it's just like saying holy of holies, mm -hmm. which is like saying this is the holy of holies or Lord of lords or servant of servants. It's the repetition that increases the force. So when he's saying emptiness of emptiness, this is like total emptiness, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't satisfy, and it leads you astray. It exactly. leads you away from God. And these things that are, are empty, that are vain, it's like these aren't God-made things. This is Luciferian. This is the horizontal world. you got to mm -hmm. understand when he's writing these things, he's writing through wisdom, the wisdom of God. But what he's saying is he's talking about the horizontal plane. If you'll allow me to say... If you'll allow me to say, he's talking about the matrix. Here's King Solomon thousands of years ago who recognized that we don't live in a real world. We don't live in the world that God, Yahweh, had created in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And after the fall of man, and man is then removed from the garden, he goes east of Eden... We're left with this prison planet, so mm -hmm. to speak. This it's the temporal things of it, this world. The yes. things that we can see. Yes. 
so we're living in a whole different dimension than what we should have been. Mm -hmm. So he recognizes this type of matrix thousands of years before we come up with the term here in America called matrix or a movie called matrix, right? Mm -hmm. Symbol matrix. It's not a computer program. It's a satanic program. Right. Right. So the vanity there is that everything is vain when put in the place of God and made the end instead of the means, right? Mm -hmm. It's also the vanity in which all of us are subjected to by the fall. It's just become empty, right? Mm -hmm. And what profit is our labor? What profit, what, what good is it? What's its proper place? And you, you read some of those scriptures there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go back and have our guests read a, another portion. One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north, it whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again, according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. All things are full of labor, man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Okay, so what we have here is the emptiness of life without God, basically. Just mm-hmm. always keep that in mind. We're talking horizontal. We're talking those who do not have Yahweh, God, in their life. Yeah, this is life without God. Yes, this is life in the horizontal plane. This is mm-hmm. earth life. You'll notice he keeps saying under the sun. He'll say under the sun. So he's talking about one generation passes away and then another one comes and the earth just keeps going on forever it's just the same stuff right generations of men are never changing what lasting profit could be from the toils of all these people on earth you know on mm-hmm. as individuals it, it's so brief and they just keep coming and going right and he talks about the sun arising and the sun going down it runs to its place where it first arose. It's just a big circuit, right? Mm-hmm. Just, it's like a big race. And then he moves on to the wind. The wind goes to the south, then it turns about to the north. It whirleth around continually. Then it turns again to its circuits. It's just going over and over again. And then all the rivers, they run into the sea, but the sea's not full. Why not? Well, we know about evaporation. We know all this stuff, right? And then it it goes back in the rivers and they just return again. So it, it's kind of like what we were saying in the beginning. It's like that hamster in a wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know everybody listening to me has felt that way. Either you feel that way now or you felt that way in the past. And you'll feel that way again. That you just kind of question, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what What really am I accomplishing? What uh, What are my yeah, goals here? Yeah, what is the here? purpose of all this? Yes. Right? And even as a Christian, even in a Christian life, and you're, you're really, really trying to walk in the Spirit and really trying to follow the true biblical Jesus Christ of Nazareth and trying to read the correct words of God, right, from the Textus Receptus mm-hmm. and stay away from those Catholic Bibles and the Jesuit Bibles and all those... Um, abominations and you're trying but yet at times you will still feel that empty that emptiness in life and frustration and frustration I mean, it wasn't too long ago that I, that I was feeling that you know it's just you know you 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 study and you read all these things about these non-christians that call themselves christians and they yeah. have um they're teaching abominations, they're teaching heresy, and it's there's so many of them that I just found myself getting frustrated by all the different voices and teachings that are not of that are not right. And you do, you want to just I know for me because I know exactly what you're talking about. 
there are times, you know, I'm listening to somebody and I'm going, I like this person, you know, they're blah, blah, blah. And then mm-hmm. they go to a certain point and then they go sideways on me. Yeah. And I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. How could such a brilliant man that's so learned in the scriptures and so learned in other areas like the Illuminati or Masonry or Catholicism and the Jesuits and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All the faults. I mean, this, you know, how can a man break down Madame Blavatsky and explain it so well, yet fail to see the false religion that he belongs to? Right. You know, and it just like blows your mind. It blows your mind how someone could be so bright and smart and you would think, man, they, they got it together. This is a good teacher. And then you find out, well, they're they're using a phony Bible or they belong to a a, clearly a false religion. Right. I, I, it just blows your mind. And I, so I know what you, you think you feel because there's times I feel like I just want to give up mm-hmm. and just get out of any kind of ministry stuff. Yeah. Not but, so much give up your Christianity, no. but just the, give up this radio show, give up yeah. freedom Friday, get up Kapow radio show, quit trying to teach and, do this stuff because there's too many voices out there mm-hmm. and just go on my own and just read my own King James version of the Bible and just let the Holy Spirit minister to me and not try to share it with anybody because it's, <laughs> it's vexation of spirit. It's vanity of vanities, you know, and I feel that way sometimes. I feel mm-hmm. that way often, often, probably more often than not. <laughs> That's the truth, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, all the words, you know, are just... Everything's just wearied out. Uh, man can't express all the ceaseless, changeless cycle of things. Right. Um, it just goes on and on and on. All right. So, anything else uh, at that point? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's get Koalith to read a little bit. Oh, more I'm sorry. This. No, because oh. uh, um, I thought you were going to say something about these other two. But the last verse, which says, All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the mm. ear filled with hearing. Later on in chapter 5, he goes on to say that he that loves silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loves abundance with with increase. This also is vanity. Yeah. Trying to chase the dollar. Mm-hmm. And Miss Kapow and I could relate to that uh, when we were in our mid-30s, even up to my 40s, you know. Uh, working, but especially when I was a younger man, right, Miss Capel? Yeah. It was all about money. It's how much money I could make that year. Yeah. How much overtime I could work, how many holidays I could work, how much graveyard I can work, how much, uh, you know, just money, money, money. Um, you know, at one point we had, well, we had one house, you know, one mortgage, and then we had two other mortgages, two other rental homes, um, you know, three or four insurance companies. We had, Two Harley Davidsons, you know, a Jeep, a truck. I had a take-home car, um, you know. And these were these were nice houses too, in nice neighborhoods. Uh, we we accumulated a lot of things, mm-hmm. and um, we also lost a lot of things, <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? Because yep. it's all vanity. It is. It's all emptiness. You think, well, you got a lot of wealth because you own a lot of property, but you got to pay. It, it's it's you still have a mortgage. You still have insurance. You still have property taxes. You're still you're working, and you're like a little hamster. Yeah, the more you have, the more you have to work. And the more hands there are to take. That's one thing we learned. The more stuff you have, you know, even with the motorhome and stuff, the nicer motorhome you have, the more things that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. It's it's vanity. It's all vanity. So uh, let's let's move on and see what Koalith have to say next. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new. It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. No new thing under the sun. Mm-hmm. Right? The thing that hath been, it's going to be. And that which is done, it's going to be done. There's no thing under, new thing under the sun. 
So I, I can hear people say, well, my iPhone is new. They didn't have that in Solomon's day, so there is new things. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the way men live, the way it is on earth. Things that come, things that go, it's the same stuff. It's like generation after generation. The mm-hmm. sun goes around and around, right? Yeah. It's... um. It's, it's like, rather than no new thing at all, it's not meant in a general sense, but there is no new source, see, of happiness. Right. Which is the subject in question, see. That's the whole thing is about this weariness. There's no new source. There's no new thing that can be devised. It's the same round of petty pleasures, mm-hmm. cares, business, study, wars, etc., it's repeated over and over again. There's no new thing. That's right. Right? Everything. Every political science, every politician, it's all been done before. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all been done. It's just that we, we don't remember. We have horrible memories. Yeah. We forget history. And I know that this is stuff without God. This is life without out God. Exactly. But when I was reading this, it says, yeah, without God, there's nothing new. Everything's mundane. Everything's the same. It's boring. It's fruitless. You know, yeah. why get up in the morning, right? Yeah. Only with God are there new things. With God, he makes things new, you know? And he does a new thing, but that's only with God. And with God, everything's going to become new. Even we that trust in, in in God and have been reborn um, become new creatures. Exactly. And that's a beautiful point. And, you know, when Solomon wrote this way back when, way before Christ, it's like he almost could see that mm-hmm. coming. This So as he just really hammers in this horizontal viewpoint of living under the sun on this earth, in this phony satanic system with everything that Satan has to offer. It's almost like he can see through that and go, there is a new thing, but it's not under the sun. That's right. It's not under the sun and you're not going to obtain it under the sun. Right. Mm -hmm. Shall we continue? We shall. I, the preacher was king of Israel in Jerusalem And I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. You know, at first our guest... Coolith here sounds very negative, doesn't he? Mm. But that's the only way to be when you're living horizontally. If you're if you're a sinner and you're in rebellion against God, or you just refuse to accept the truth of salvation, this is the way you live. This is the way the rest of the world lives. It's not being negative. It's just truthful. Mm -hmm. It's empty. It's empty. Here's a guy who was the smartest, wisest guy ever, ever to live on the planet. And this is his investigation. And he's telling you that. And not only is Solomon telling you this, but history bears it out. That's right. History bears it out. I mean, there's a lot of times, you know, the way the satanic society is, you know, you, you see these celebrities mm. and, um, you know, oh, so-and-so showing off her great gams in a bikini at the beach. and Oh, they always happen to be in a bikini or naked <laughs> somewhere, right? You know, or on a, a yacht or whatever. And then, uh, you know, you, you see all this stuff and it's because it's all marketing and they're all just, you know, they're just nothing but products, these, you know, sold-out humans or hybrids or whatever they are. And then you read where, you know, they go into rehab or a mental institution or their marriage breaks up or, you know, they're sick or they shave their head. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like Miss Kapow would always tell me, you never know what's behind the doors. It's never what it seems Mm-mm. You know, behind the doors. And these people are miserable. 
you yep. know. And do you think Donald Trump's happy right now? I mean, really? No, I don't think so. You know, whatever, whatever his motivation is or whatever he's doing, I mean, do you think he's happy as a person doing this? Mm-mm. I don't see how you could be if you were really a human. I, I don't see how you could possibly find satisfaction in doing whatever he's trying to do. I, I just don't see it with all the enemies and everybody. I just, yeah. what a miserable life. But it's that lust for power. It you is. Know what I mean? It is. I mean, I would, I would rather have a job stacking books in a bookstore with peace than to be the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. What, what a horrible, just horrible way to live. So anyway, he goes on and he says, um, he, the preacher, the, the convener of assemblies, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. That's where he was at. And when he was there, he gave his heart to seek out and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. See, the horizontal plane. Mm-hmm. And he calls it a sore travail that God has given to the sons of man to be exercised and when did God give this sore travail? You know? In Genesis 3. Oh, yeah. Where it says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. And that is the sore travail. So did mm-hmm. God originally create man for sore travail? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And we're fortunate enough he provided redemption for us. Or You know, you would just exist in this prison, born a slave, be miserable, your little existence, and then, you know, die and either cease to exist or be punished forever. You know? Mm-hmm. But he didn't create it. We did. Yeah. And by violating the law, because he says, the day that you eat of that fruit, you shall surely die. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. So it's a sore travail, that, that of searching out all things under heaven. You know what I mean? It just, it's not um, just human wisdom in general, which comes you know, afterwards, but it's that laborious inquiry into and speculations about all the works of men, you know. Mm-hmm. Like politics. Mm-hmm. Trying to, you know, watch. I mean, you don't even have to watch the news. You just, you read it. It comes on your news feed because they're feeding it to you. That's right. Is that interesting that it's called a news feed? Mm-hmm. Shoving it down your throat like a baby. You're sitting in a high chair and you're just shoving this news down your throat. Well, look at that. Look at the news. Look at political science. And everybody's trying to speculate and figure it out. It's vanity. It's emptiness. Yeah. As man is doomed to get his bread, so his knowledge by the sweat of his brow. You know? That's right. Yeah. Very, very difficult. And so then he says, um, Quoliff says, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun. And all are empty. They're all vanity. Mm -hmm. And vexation of spirit. And here's our first vexation, I think. Uh, which which means it's from the Hebrew. I'm not even trying to pronounce it. Riut. I guess I did try to pronounce it. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. And I go, Riut. Uh, which means a feeding upon. Mm. Uh, a grasping after. It's a longing, a striving. It's a vexation. Mm-hmm. Right? Of spirit. So it feeds on your spirit, man. It's horrible. It's a praying upon. It's the pursuit of wind. Ephraim feedeth on wind. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that, isn't that something? Because, you know, as you're saying that, eating of the, you know, um, feeding on them, or they're feeding on our flesh type of thing, then you think about the what the Lord was teaching about eating of his flesh and... Um, you know, that, that's what gives us nourishment. That's what gives us life. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's not empty. That's mm-hmm. what's not vain. That's what he was trying to say when he was down here for those three years in his ministry. That's what he was trying to convince Israel of. You know, I've made a way. I've made that crooked path straight. No one else can. Mm-mm. Human ways are hopelessly crooked. They cannot be made straight. 
by human wisdom. Only God can do it. And only God has done it. But there's only that certain way you can go. The path is very narrow. And the gate is small. It's very small. Yeah. Right? That's right. So uh, it's... it's <sighs> that which is wanting cannot be numbered. It's, it's, you can't make a complete number of it. It can't be supplied. Mm-mm. Man's state is utterly wanting, and that which is wholly defective cannot be numbered or calculated. You know, people think they can, they can draw it up. They think they can make accurate numbers and statistics of man's wants. But these, including the defects of the investigator's labor, are not partial, but total. They can't be numbered. I communed with mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge, and I gave my heart to know wisdom, and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is vexation of spirit, for in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. When you heard Quola say that, you said, Miss Capel, that it sounded really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds really bad, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, what hope do you have? I mean, pfft. Yeah. So he communes with his own heart. He's come to great estate. He's got more wisdom than anybody before him in Jerusalem. And you know what? No one after him had more wisdom either until Mm -mm. Jesus Christ came. And then after Jesus Christ, no one has had that wisdom. That's right. Never. Mm -mm. And in his heart, he had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And of course, that word wisdom in Hebrew is... um, Mm -hmm. It's a skillful wisdom. It's a wisely wit. It's wisely or a skillful man, right? A mm-hmm. thinking guy. And knowledge. Knowledge. Da'at. Knowledge. Cunning. Right? Mm-hmm. To know. Awareness. That kind of stuff. <laughs> so he more than anybody else that ever came before, more than the priest, more than anybody, this guy. Judges didn't have it. The two kings that preceded him didn't have it. Mm-mm. All of this is given to Koalith. Koalith, all of us. And he had this experience. He's seen it all. He, 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 he's seen it all. And then he says, and I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness. Mm. Wow. And I think that's an interesting word too. Madness. Mm-hmm. It's holila, holila, holila. It's a madness. It's just translated madness. Madness. Yes, insanity and folly, folly. I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. And folly, sickluth is silliness, foolishness. Mm folly so he was smart he gave his heart to know wisdom and all this knowledge and skill but also to know insanity and Mm. silliness wow only a very smart smart guy could do that and separate him and he says i perceive that this also is vexation of spirit Mm -hmm. it's also vexating so he's when he says madness, he says the, the effect, the works of human wisdom and folly, madness. It's like a vaunting extravagance. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then this folly, you know, just foolishness, being silly, doing stupid things, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And then I just think this last verse, verse 18 of chapter one is the last verse in the chapter. And he says, for in much wisdom is much grief. Now, let me stop right there. Is he talking about the wisdom of God? No. Is he talking much wisdom in the things of the Bible? 
No. Is he talking about gaining much wisdom and knowledge in uh, doctrine? No. No, he's talking about worldly wisdom under the sun, horizontal, right? That's right. For in much horizontal worldly wisdom is much grief. Much grief. Wow. It's vexation. It's anger. It's indignation. It's provocation. It's sorrow. Madness. Yes. It's like when in Acts, where um, Festus was telling the Apostle Paul yes. that, um, that he was beside himself and that because of his much learning, it made him mad. And then the Apostle Paul said, no, that's... I am not mad. <laughs> it's just the opposite. Mm-hmm. I can see. My eyes are open. You're the one that's insane. That's right. Because you can't see it. Mm-hmm. But I think Satan, I think that's a great example because Satan will try to use this particular verse or this particular philosophy at a context to attack somebody who's preaching the yeah. gospel of oh, God. Definitely. See? Oh, you study too much. You know, you're so heavenly minded, you're not earthly good. Mm. And that's something my own mother told me one time. Yeah. My own mother told me I was so heavenly minded, I was no earthly good. How can you be too heavenly minded? How can you be so heavenly minded? Who wants to be earthly good? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then he, Koalath goes on, he says, and he that increaseth, increaseth <laughs> knowledge increaseth sorrow. And is that godly knowledge? No. No. That's not godly awareness or godly cunning. And it increases that sorrow. It's to anguish, grief, pain. So the more you know, the more you realize it's empty and it creates problems. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it not? Certainly does. Okay. We are 37 minutes in the show. You want to try chapter two? Yeah. What the heck? Okay, here comes chapter two, Quoleth. But first, a word from our sponsors. All right. Hello, this is Professor Lamsrath from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church, yet getting nothing from it? Do you feel good on Sunday, but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools? to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read Eyes to See Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. Go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com for further information. This is Professor Lamsrath, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses. So I'll see you in class. Ecclesiastes 2. I said in mine heart, Go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad and of mirth. What doeth it? I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. Wow, that's some heavy stuff, Mr. Powell. Yeah, it is. He kind of gives you the the purpose of why he went through all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yes, he's a he leader, he's a king, mm-hmm. right? And he, um, he did ask God, he prayed it and asked the Lord that he would have the wisdom to, to lead these people. Yeah, So, you know, he went out there and... Uh, experimented with all these things so that he he could be wise and give good counsel. And I'll tell you, like I said before, it's not something you can do or I can do. We can't do this. This guy had supernatural wisdom, and there was a reason why he was allowed to do it and, and write he was it down. Called of God to do it. Yeah. So. 
and to write it down for our benefit so we can understand what it's like horizontally. We've experienced it before coming to Christ, and we have to fight it in Christ. That's we right. have to fight our conforming to the world of the matrix, of the Sybil matrix, of this phony Luciferian satanic prison that we live under. And we're born in these flesh suits, these prisons that keep our spirit bound. Bound, yes. So he says of laughter, you know, of myrrh, of pleasure, that it's empty. He says that it's maddening. It's mad. Whoever does it goes, it's just maddening. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I'm going to give myself unto wine. Yet acquainting my heart with wisdom. So I'll keep my wits about me. I'm going to give myself to wine. And I'm going to lay hold on silliness, folly, mm -hmm. until I see what's good for the sons of men. Maybe I'll discover something. That, what people should be doing under heaven, see, horizontally, under the sun, mm -hmm. under heaven, all the days of their lives. That's Like you said, that's why he did it. Mm -hmm. Well, even in, in Proverbs, I believe, there's a, a scripture about what happens when you just drink, you know, till yes. Till you're so drunk, you get up in the morning and you do it again. I mean, to the point where people can be slapping you around and uh, you have no idea. Yes. It's horrible. It's a horrible existence. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. To be in that kind of state. Mm -hmm. So he goes on and he makes great works. He says, I, I, I build houses. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and orchards. You know, and all kinds of stuff. And he goes on with all these stuff. But it's just all vanity and all emptiness. Mm -hmm. So let's listen to his uh, comment on that. I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kind of fruits. I made me pools of water, to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens, and had servants born in my house. Also I had great possessions of great and small cattle, above all that were in Jerusalem before me. So once again, the gathering of things, silver, gold. I mean, it, he, he makes himself houses, these beautiful vineyards and gardens, fruits, pools of water. I mean, everything. And then he goes... Uh, I love this. I got me servants and I got me maidens, right? I mean, he had, he had servants born unto him, great mm -hmm. possessions, cattle, every, everything you can imagine. And yet uh, he's going to go on and tell you what it's all about. Next, he's going to talk about really economics. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the economics under heaven, under the horizontal plane and what that brings. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. I got me men singers and women singers, and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments, and that of all sorts. So I was great, and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. So he gathers all this wealth, Mr. Powell. Mm -hmm. Silver and gold, and peculiar treasure of kings yeah whatever that means that means valued treasure mm. of kings things are of value and you know when you think about uh the scripture in the new testament in first peter where it says you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy yeah. nation a peculiar people you know we always think of it as odd people yeah but you're actually a valued uh -huh. people you're valued of god that's a great tie-in mm -hmm. that is a great tie-in so this guy has valued treasures of, of the earth that don't mean a whole lot, but yet valued treasures of heaven do. Mm -hmm. So he gets singers and women singers, men and women who can sing, and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that sort. Oh, man, I mean, he sounds like my kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Hang around his uh, Solomon's recording studio. Yeah. yeah, he probably has like I got a thousand guitars, rare guitars. Here's one by BB King. Here's Eddie Van Halen's <laughs> guitar. 
Here's drums played by Gene Cooper. You know what I mean? Wow. Can you imagine? All that. He has um, all this stuff. All this stuff. And he's going to tell you, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Yep. He was great. He increased more than all that were before him in Jerusalem. And yet, wisdom remained with him. Hmm. That's how he got all that wealth and stuff, too. Because he was smart. Smart guy. Let's continue. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy. For my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. Wow. I mean, when you listen to the Call uh, Ashley read it to you, it's so powerful. Yes. You know? There's no profit under the sun. All of this labor, all of this work that he had done with his hands and everything he worked for was just emptiness. And not only empty, but it vexes the spirit. It takes away the spirit. And there was no prophet under the sun doing it. At the end of the day, there was nothing. Wow. Wow. Shall we continue? Yes, please. And I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do that cometh after the king, even that which hath been already done? Then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly, as far as light excelleth darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. And I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. Then said I in my heart, as it happeneth to the fool, so it happeneth even to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart, that this also is vanity. These are some of my favorite uh, verses in this chapter mm-hmm. and this one, you know? Yeah. But you can see here how he, he turned himself to behold wisdom and the madness and the silliness and the insanity, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, who can, who can do anything after me, mm-hmm. which has not already been done? I've done it all, man. Like I said, this guy had, I think, something like a thousand wives and 700 wives and 300 concubines. I mean, this guy had, I mean, this. And when well, he like says, he said, whatever he saw, he didn't deny himself. Yeah. This guy was like the wealth of the earth. Mm-hmm. And then through all of this, here's a little glimpse. He's looking, you know, horizontally. He's under the sun. He's under the heaven. And here's a little glimpse into the vertical. Here's a little glimpse into that cloud. He sees that hole, right? Mm-hmm. In verse 13, he says, And I saw that wisdom excelleth folly. As far as light excelleth darkness. It's, that's the difference between being a fool and being wise. And I love verse 14. It says, The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Mm-hmm. The wise man's eyes, they're wide open. They can see. You see where you're going. But a fool, he's just, he's bumping his head, scrambling around. He stumbles and he doesn't know where he's going. Exactly. And then Solomon says he perceived that one event happened to them all. And what could that event be, Ms. Kapow? Death. Death. Because later on in Ecclesiastes 9.2, he says, all things come alike to all, dot, dot, dot. They all go to the dead. Yes. So no matter what you obtain, what you build, how much knowledge you get, you leave it mm-hmm. for somebody else. And the other thing, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Whether you believe in God or not, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you, whether you don't think, <laughs> whether you think all good people go to heaven or not, right? Mm-hmm. about everybody goes to heaven because God wouldn't be so mean to send nobody to hell. That's right. That's what my Jesuit Bible says. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you want to believe that or say that or preach it or teach somebody else that. Go ahead. But the truth is, there is a hell, and hell is very real, and it's a very real place, and it is a place of torment and punishment. That's right. Forever, it's not annihilation. Mm-mm. 
It's hell. That's right. So, hey, say whatever you want and read out of your Jesuit Bible, but it doesn't make it so. That's right. doesn't make it so. Mm-mm. Let's continue. But there's no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool forever, seeing that which now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how dieth the wise man? As the fool. Therefore I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. For all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun, because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. And who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored, and wherein I have shown myself wise under the sun. This is also vanity. How many times have we heard that story? Mm-hmm. You know, some rich guy builds up his business, builds up his whole kingdom and everything, leaves it to his goofy kids who haven't worked a day in their life for it. And then they just squander their inheritance. So they mm-hmm. just, they ruin the company and take it to ruin. And I mean, that's more common than not, you know? And it's vanity. Yeah. It's vanity. That's what he's saying. Everybody dies. You're not going to be remembered. You know? Exactly. You're going to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. And how dieth the wise? As the fool? Mm-hmm. And then he's, at 17, he says, therefore, I hated life. Mm-hmm. He hated life. Here's a guy who had everything there is to have. Mm-hmm. Because nothing satisfied. Everything was empty. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't give him anything. It didn't do anything for him. In Nothing. the in the long run, in you know what I mean? Run. Yeah. It in was the, grievous to him. Exactly. Psalm seventeen, fourteen. Um, it says, "Deliver my soul from men which are um, thy hard. Thy, thy, oh, I'm sorry. Are thy hand, O Lord, for men of the world which have their portion in this life, and whose belly thou fillest with thy um, hid, hidden treasures." They are full of children, and they leave the rest of their substance to their babes. Yeah. Wow. You know, this kind of happened to them, too. Mm-hmm. Because after Solomon, Israel, Judah and Israel split under Jeroboam or Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Yeah, both of them. And it split, and his kingdom split. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um, you know, Assyria took Israel away, mm-hmm. the ten tribes of Israel. So you're, you're just left with Judah under uh, Jeroboam. So it, it happened. He left his whole kingdom to, you know, two knuckleheads. Mm-hmm. So he says his heart was in despair because of all that labor, all that stuff, and just leave it to somebody who's never labored for it. And, you know, yep. fixation of spirit. Let's continue. Therefore, I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor, which I took under the sun. For there is a man, whose labor is in wisdom, and in knowledge, and in equity. Yet to a man that hath not labored therein, shall he leave it for his portion. This also is vanity, and a great evil. For what hath man of all his labor, and of the vexation of his heart, wherein he hath labored under the sun? For all his days are sorrows, and his travail grief, yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity. So not only is it emptiness and vanity and vexation of your spirit to build and increase wealth and build your kingdom and leave it to somebody who may be a fool, Mm -hmm. it's also vanity and vexation of spirit to increase in all this knowledge and all this wisdom and then um, leave it to your kids who are idiots. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Psalm 956 says, Thou hast rebuked the heathen, thou hast destroyed the wicked, thou hast put out their name forever and ever. O thou enemy, destruction hath come to a perpetual end, and then hast destroyed cities, then memorial, thy memorial is um, perished with them. So in other words, everything that you've built up, once you die, it's, it's, it's gone. gone. Yeah. Yeah. So no one else is going to pick that up and have that passion you did. We mm-hmm. see that you see that a lot of times with like these um, preachers, uh, you know, older time preachers like um, 
Osteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was his dad's name? John Osteen. John. John Osteen mm-hmm. had a good church. He was actually a good preacher and stuff. And he builds up this ministry quote business type of thing, and he leaves it to his son, who just goes totally apostate with it. Yeah. Um, you know Charles Stanley. You know whether or not I don't know, but Stan. You know what's his name? Andy Stanley. Andy. Totally uh-huh. different. So um, you know it's it's just it happens in the world sense. It happens in this uh, ministry sense. Because you're building your own kingdom. Exactly. And not the kingdom of God. Ooh, mm-hmm. what a good point there, Miss Brown. You sound like Quolith. <laughs> you do. Okay. <laughs> One last verse. Oh, you know what else I oh, wanted to say, though? Like in verse 23, where it says, For all his days are our sorrow and grief. Mm-hmm. Well, in Isaiah, twice, there's two scriptures in Isaiah where it says, The Lord says that there is no peace for the wicked. Mm. No peace. And what it gets me about that particular verse, too, here, where it says, uh, his heart taketh not rest in the night. Mm, yeah. Can't sleep. He can't sleep. How many people can't sleep? Yeah. Ooh, man, that's heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. That heavy stuff. So we're going to end here with um, his his last quote here. But don't think that it's what they would call uh, Epicurean. You know, like, eat, drink, and be merry, just get drunk, because that's the whole of the life, that's all you can do. He's not saying that. Mm -mm. He's saying that because of all the vexation under the sun in this horizontal life, there's nothing better to do but for a man to just enjoy the fruit of his labors, eat, drink, get a good night's sleep, you know, that type of thing. He's not Mm -hmm. saying go out there and party like a crazy, he's already done that. In context, he's not being Epicurean, even though I think, a lot of the, the world or false teachers would try to make that so. All right? Mm-hmm. So let's listen to his uh, very last here. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw, that it was from the hand of God. For who can eat, or who else can hasten hereunto more than I? For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail, to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. Again, you can see Quoleth peeking through this horizontal cloud. It's seeing a little bit of heaven in there. Can you not? Mm-hmm. You know? And he says there's nothing better for a man horizontally that he should eat, than that he should eat and drink and should make his soul enjoy good in his own labor. Because he said that was from the hand of God. He's mm-hmm. speaking horizontally. Keep that in mind. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the sense, it's, it's not good for man that he should, you know... Uh, you know, party, excess, and do all that stuff. It's about, you know, really balance. And it's about, um, you know, using wisdom mm-hmm. in your life. Even as, a, even as a sinner down here, someone who's not saved, you'd be far better being balanced than you, you are out of balance. Yeah. You know, it's, it's um, in Proverbs 31, the mother of King Lemuel talked about prophecy and stuff. And she said, uh, you know, um, to give strong drink unto them that are ready to perish and wine unto those that be of heavy heart, let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. That's a good, good scripture. And that's a good horizontal thinking. It's Mm -hmm. like, you have nothing else. Yeah. You have nothing else. It's so miserable down here. You are a slave. You're born into a slave system. And there are those, and I'm not talking humans. I'm talking fallen ones, fallen angels, the shepherds of the different ages you know, on this planet, on this world, the shepherds. And you, you are under that spiritual zeitgeist of those shepherds, the prince and powers, principalities of the air. Mm-hmm. You know, then they have their minions and they have their their hybrids and their humans under them. And by the time it gets down to us, you know, we just do what we're told. Mm -hmm. We're forced to eat the food that's given to us, the air that's 
supplied for us, the water that we drink, that they fluorinate and give to us, we're, all of that made it, you know, made to look like it's for our benefit. And um, it all has its consequences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what Solomon is saying, hey, it's, it's from the hand of God just to eat, drink, joy your, your labor if you're going to live under this horizontal world. Mm-hmm. And he says, who can eat or who can else, who can rush around more than I have? Right. God gives to a man what is good in his sight, wisdom and knowledge and joy. But look at someone who's not following God, a sinner, right? Someone mm-hmm. in rebellion and rejection of truth, he gives travail. To gather and to heap up. Why? So he may give to him that is good before God. Proverbs 13.22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. So why does a sinner travail to gather up and heap up? Well, that he may give to him that is good. Before God. Wow. And this is also vanity and vexation of spirit. Mm-hmm. Cool, it says. So let's end that at chapter, the end of chapter two. And uh, we will continue with chapter three and possibly four next week and continue on till uh, we get through Ecclesiastes, Lord willing. Mm-hmm. Let's see how's it go. So anyway, I want to thank Koala for being in the studio with us and reading from his book. Yep. Very, very nice. I love his accent. All right? All righty. Is that it, Ms. Kapow? Um, let me read from Micah 6, 8. Oh, please it do. It says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Wow. Would you read that one more time? That is so good. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. And when we get to the end of this book, Ecclesiastes, you will see his vertical thinking. And he says, the duty of man is to fear God and obey his commands. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. All this wisdom and all this experimentation and all of this knowledge led to one thing. The duty of man is to fear God and to obey his commands. And that's it. And that's what you just read in Micah. It's really that simple and uncomplicated. But I cannot believe how we humans have complicated the gospel of Christ today. Yeah. Wow. And it's like what Christ said, you know, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love one another as ourselves. And that is the greatest commandment. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And the law and prophets hang on that. Everything hangs on that. It's, it's that simple. Gosh, but it's so complicated <clears throat> by our own wisdom mm-hmm. today. It's unbelievable. All right, Ms. Fout. Anything else? Ciao, babies. Good night.
for my release I'm living here as a stranger 